The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to stop wasting time and make a shift towards enhanced productivity? Welcome to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, featuring your host, David B. Savage. In our program, we will show you how leaders and their organizations are using collaboration to innovate and move ahead of their competition. It's not just about customers or employees or the board. It's working together throughout your company and with your stakeholders. Now, here is David B. Savage. D-Day, June 6, 1944. Operation Overload or Overlord, the long-awaited invasion of Nazi-occupied Europe, began with Allied armies from the United States, Britain, and Canada landing on the coast of Normandy. On D-Day, the 3rd Canadian Infantry Division landed on Juno Beach, J-U-N-O, Beach. The Canadian assault troops stormed ashore in the face of fierce opposition from the Canadian strongholds and mined beach obstacles. The soldiers raced across wide-open beaches swept with machine gun fire and stormed the gun positions. In fierce hand-to-hand fighting, they fought their way into the towns of Bernier, Courcelles, and Saint-Aubin, and then advanced inland, securing a critical bridgehead for the Allied invasion. The victory was a turning point in World War II and led to the liberation of Europe and the defeat of Nazi Germany. 14,000 young Canadians stormed Juneau Beach on D-Day. Remember, the population of Canada was about 15,000 at that time. 15 million, pardon me. Their courage, determination, and self-sacrifice were the immediate reasons for the success in those critical hours. The fighting they endured was fierce and frightening. The price they paid was high. The battles for the beachhead cost 340 Canadian lives. That's 340 Canadians and another 574 wounded. John Keegan, eminent British historian, wrote Six Armies in Normandy, stated the following concerning the Canadian 3rd Division on D-Day. At the end of the day, its forward element stood deeper into France than those of any other division, any other nation. The opposition the Canadians faced was stronger than that of any other beach, save Omaha, where the Americans were fighting. That was an accomplishment in which the whole nation could take considerable pride. Check out more on junobeach.info. Now let's look at command and control versus collaboration on D-Day on Operation Overlord. That was hell on earth. Field generals did not give the authority to those in the battle. They commanded from the top. What's worse, the top two generals in the Nazi army they had all the assets. They outnumbered. They had the, the bunkers, the panzer divisions. And yet, on June 6, 1944, they decided they were going to spend a couple days in Paris with their girlfriends. Yeah, can you imagine? The people that saw the Operation Overload coming and wanted to react and was in the fierce battle, 
didn't have the authority to really engage the panzers, the, the divisions that were away from the beach. And even worse, Hitler insisted on absolute command and control. He was said to have been sneeringly referred to by some of, in, of his army as that bohemian corporal. Command and control. Hitler is said to love to have midnight to 3 a.m. rants where he just ranted his, at his generals. And then he would take drugs so he could sleep. Then he would often sleep until noon. Well, sleeping until noon on June 6th was a major catastrophe. Tanks, aircraft, armies were not directed to move until Hitler woke up. Does this sound like any boss you worked for? Command and control. Think of if the Nazis actually had a flatter structure where the people in the battle could actually react and respond to that battle. Think about what could have resulted if they properly had a system that engaged all, that everybody felt part of, and there was deep comradeship. My father, Alexander Gordon Savage, I want to talk about him in this show about the next generation. Dad's father died when Dad was 15. Dad went off to the University of Alberta, met my mother, May Miller, and played on the varsity football team. Think of this. A year before you are to graduate, your country says, you've now graduated. We need you in the war. Come now. Dad earned his rank of lieutenant. That's the British pronunciation of lieutenant. He led 75 men at age 24. Think about youth and leadership. In the war and at D-Day, think about that. These were not men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s that we see as leaders today. These were men in their teens and 20s and women. Yes. In that war on D-Day, Dad made it through. Back in September of 1944, he was on his way to Caen, pardon me, to Calais, when he was on a road at night leading his men in the dark. They didn't know that the Germans could had the technology, but the Germans saw them. Dad was machine-gunned all the way down his left leg. He rolled off the road and into a water-filled ditch and had to wait bleeding until sunrise. Working together, 12 hours later, his men got to him and got him out. Bravery, commitment, comradeship, working together, collaboration. During World War II, Gordon Savage served with the 6th Field Company, the Royal Canadian Engineers, as a lieutenant and was wounded by machine gun fire in France during the attack on Calais, courtesy of the Canadian Military Engineers Association. Dad was 24. The young are our focus today. The young, our next generation of collaborators. P.S. If you want to learn more about Juno Beach, read Mark Zuhike's Z-U-E-H-I-K-E book, Juno Beach. Welcome to our listeners from across the planet. I appreciate your attention. I appreciate this. During this 15-week series, we've featured 45 guests from Canada, the United States, the Netherlands, India, and Spain. Everyone has offered their insights. According to our analytics, welcome to our listeners in Australia, Austria, Belarus, Cameroon, Canada, China, Germany, France, Italy, Iran, Iran 
Germany, Jamaica, Japan, Mexico, Mongolia, Morocco, the Netherlands, Romania, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, Spain, Sweden, Thailand, Turkey, Ukraine, United Kingdom, United States, and Vietnam. Hello, and thank you for listening. Today's show features Kevin Brown of Spain, World Mediation, Dan Savage, Infinity Ward, Los Angeles, India Sherritt, World Junior Ski Cross Champion of Cranbrook, British Columbia, Sarah Deitch, Collaborative Global Initiative, The Hague, the Netherlands, and music by my good friend, Chuck Rose, Winner Walk Away. Key messages today, you have to make certain that every cog in the machine is working well together to move forward. Two, getting involved in collaborative initiatives and teams across generations, build skills, understanding, and opportunities. And three, it takes a village to raise leaders. Be there in support of our next generation leaders. That is plural. Our next generations and our shared future need you. Now we move to the global connection and dialogue. I'm very pleased to introduce you to Kevin Brown. Kevin is the owner and president of Mediation International. So go to his website, mediationinternational.eu. Kevin is executive organizer for the Second World Mediation Summit in Madrid, 2015, and is senior roster expert with the United Nations for mediation and ADR facilitation. Kevin provides conflict management services locally as well as on an international basis while being based in Madrid. His service inclu- services include ombudsing, mediation, group needs analyses, conflict, conflict coaching, training courses, organizational systemic issue analysis, facilitation, and much more. Uh, Kevin has worked and does work um, for the Canadian, U.S., British, German, Irish, Israel, Afghanistan, Palestine, and Egyptian embassies in Madrid, Spain. So, Kevin, I'm going to let you tell our listeners and me more about Kevin Brown, uh, Mediation International, and uh, your work. Well, thanks, Dave. It's, um, it's really great to be here and to participate in your show. As you mentioned, um, I am the owner and the president of Mediation International, based here in Madrid and operating across Europe. And Mediation International has the distinction of being one of the 30 companies worldwide that has been accepted as a qualifying assessment program with International Mediation Institute, IMI. Um, I'm also an internationally certified mediator with IMI and uh, currently am organizing the third annual World Mediation Summit here in Madrid in 2016. Um, I'm a roster expert with the United Nations Developmental Pro- Development Program for Mediation and ADR Facilitation. And the work I do includes everything you've mentioned, um, including, of course, organizing the annual World Mediation Summit. Now, my background includes um, a master's degree in international conflict analysis and management with Royal Roads University from Canada, and I'm currently working on my PhD in conflict management and mediation. I have, well, well over 25 years of experience as a mediator, um, designer of ADR training programs, and well over 4,000 hours facilitating ADR training programs. Now, as you mentioned, um, <clears throat> I do a lot of work with, uh, with the embassies here in Madrid. Most of my work is outside of Madrid because mediation really isn't all that mainstream here in Spain yet. 
Um, some of the work I've done internationally includes Afghanistan, Thailand, Georgia, uh, Belgium, Ukraine, Romania, Spain, and of course Canada, where I first began doing my um, my mediation. Now I'm on on purpose in this show, ne- the next generation leaders. Uh, I was very excited to have you talk with us, Kevin, because uh, there is underlying interest that we all have uh, in in hoping our next generation will be even better at uh, conflict management, about negotiation, and about uh, alternative ways of resolving conflicts. For me, I start. I got very involved in the early 90s, uh, having gone through a marital breakup, uh, having raised my kids on my own. And uh, when, when you get surprised in life and when you've got these amazing children, um, it's really important to learn how to communicate effectively and encourage the next generation. Any, any comments as to your why? You know, what, why is this so important to you? Well, really great question, Dave. Um, I, too, have had a um, very diverse life. Um, with my first marriage, I had two daughters, grown daughters, and I now have a two-year-old daughter um, who is um, growing up very quickly. <clears throat> and um, it's really important to me um, to pass on the mediation information and mediation skills to my children. One of my daughters is a mediator now with the um, Canadian military, and um, I'm just thrilled that she's um, involved in this. Now, one of the things that we, we're doing is the World Mediation Summit. And the whole focus of that is to promote mediation to um, people who have not heard of mediation or aren't familiar with mediation. Now, when I moved to Madrid a few years ago, it became very obvious to me that mediation really is still in its infancy here in uh, Spain. And it's going to take a while before it becomes mainstream. And for this reason, we organize these summits. And it's We're going to have our third summit in um, 2016, and we invite people from across the world. Our first two included ambassadors, diplomats, judges, lawyers, mediators, providers, users, students, all sorts of different individuals that are interested in mediation. So there's a a place to convene. I'm actively considering and hoping I can uh, uh, find a way to participate and support your initiative, Kevin. As we, as we close this uh, interview, in this moment, what would you challenge our listeners to do or become more aware of to build their success as collaborators? Well, um, great question. Great question, Dave. Um, you know, to, to be a collaborator, one really needs a lot of skills, um, skills that are life skills, not just mediation skills, skills that involve using or utilizing other people from also all different venues in life. I use collaboration uh, in so many ways, both professionally and personally. Uh, so many factors are involved, <clears throat> working together, inspiring others and being inspired, sharing and learning, dialoguing, listening to people, uh, consensus building. Now, when, in my opinion, when we work collaboratively, we're engaging others equally and find results that, well, that work for everyone, making the implementation process much smoother. Collaboration, well, well, as I mentioned, it's a skill that, well, it's very similar to all of mediation skills. It's one that we use 
in all aspects of our life. At the World Mediation Summit, for example, we have collaborators that are academic members, users, providers, media, all of us working together to build an amazing summit, not just for us, but for all the attendees. Oh, thank generally, you. Generally, uh, sorry, go ahead. Um, we, we are uh, right up against our commercial break, but thank you so much, Kevin Brown, World Mediation. And I invite our listeners to check Kevin out the World Mediation Summit in Madrid out and find a way to build our skills together. Thank you, Kevin. You're very welcome, Dave. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company, while creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network. Seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. We've got India Sherritt today. She's a young ski cross racer from Cranbrook, British Columbia, Canada. Growing up in the Kootenays, India grew to love the mountains, of course, as we all do in the Kootenays. Uh, I live there too. And all the possibilities that the mountains give to us. India started skiing at the age of eight and racing at 10. Her Her first taste of ski cross, that's right, ski cross, came when she was 13 and she fell in love with it instantly. From there, she began racing ski cross full-time and competed in FIS NORAM races with the Alberta Ski Cross team when she turned 15. At 18, India qualified for the Canadian development team and hopes to make the Canadian national team within the next two years. India has represented Canada at many international events, including the 2012 Youth Olympic Winter Games and World Junior Championships. Yeah. Youth Olympic Winter Games and World Junior Championships. She's earned the title of 2015 Canadian National Champion and World Junior Champion. In her free time and cross-training, she enjoys mountain biking, rock climbing, hiking, and camping. I've asked India today to join us, listeners, because she has such a commitment and talent and passion. And, of course, ski racers, uh, those high-performance athletes also need our collaboration. 
India Sherritt, welcome to our radio show. What would you uh, say to our listeners to help them get to know you a little better and and be able to uh, connect with you after the show? Um, Hi, uh, my name's India. I'm from Cranbrook, and if you feel like contacting me after the show, you can reach me at 250-417-5315 or email me at india.s.ski at gmail.com. As far as getting to know me, um, born and raised in Cranbrook, um, skier uh, for life, essentially, and... Yeah, um, there's, I'm really not much special, really. I train hard, work hard, and I have a pretty neat job. Well, I think I think you're very special, India, because uh, I think what you bring is just such high performance. And I'm thinking for our listeners, uh, some of them may not know what ski cross is. And uh, specifically, if you could tell our listeners what ski cross is, and I'm interested in your comments where, in fact, you're racing with three others. In a way, it's high competition, and in a way, there's key elements of collaboration there. So can you explain that a little more for our listeners, India? Yeah, for sure. Um, ski cross is a really exciting sport. There are four competitors racing down the course at the same time. It's very similar to motocross, um, snow cross, that sort of thing. We have a drop gate start, and uh, the course is full of jumps, berms, rollers, um, that sort of thing. And with, of course, having four people on a pretty narrow place, um, you can really get into some tight situations with, you know, too many people into one turn, that sort of thing. Um, with the collaboration aspect of it, like a lot of the time you'll end up in heats with, uh, with your teammates, your countrymen or your friends or anything like that. And something that, while it is an individual sport, you really, if there's two of you in a heat together, the first two move on to the next round. And so you really try and work together as a, as a group to try and push each other through the format. Now, what are the uh, what are the speeds that you're going downhill in ski cross? Oftentimes, we reach between sixty and eighty kilometers an hour. Yeah, just incredible uh, courage to do that, India. Now, off the uh, when you finish that ski cross race and well before it, years before it, how do you work together? What's the team mean in ski cross? Well, there's there's a lot of aspects of the team with us. There's your athletic teammates, but then there's there's a whole team of people behind us. We say our development team. It's about it's about eight athletes. What people might not know is there's twenty people or more that are pushing us. There's there's people to make us accountable for all our decisions and everything we're doing. They help us like along the way. They say it sort of re- takes a village to raise a child. Well, it certainly takes that many people to raise an athlete. Um, we have physiotherapists, uh, strength and conditioning coaches, 
on snow coaches, support staff, medical staff, um, really pretty much anything you can think of. We we have mental staff. Um, yeah, like all those people really yeah. just help us in every aspect to be the best athlete that we can be and the best people. And I want to find ways for our village to support you and the many athletes around the world. So at India, as a junior ski cross world champion, I'll say that for our listeners again, world champion, what are some of the ways for people to collaborate with you and support you? You know, it's it's a lot of hard work and it's not very well paying. What, what are your needs from people that might choose to support you? Um, well, I mean, I'm always looking for people to sort of help me out financially, um, any sort of donation. Uh, really, really helps out with, like, in a $30,000 season, every dollar counts. Uh, last year I ran a, ca- a crowdfunding campaign and I raised over $6,500, I think. Um, and it, it meant the world. Like, I came out of last season debt-free. So if you ever, if anyone out there is interested in supporting myself or the Canadian team, like, feel free to contact me or um, Alpine Canada. And as far as, you know, something more than just contributing goes, uh, I'm not a sponsored athlete. I'm, I'm always open to looking over contracts and, you know, building relationship with businesses, sort of what I can do for you and what you can do for me. Wonderful. And and from a global perspective, you know, India, I haven't shared this with you, but uh, a few years ago I coached a uh, cross-country skier representing Iran, uh, which is kind of a uh, an oxymoron, but it happens. A wonderful man, Justin. And so if you were to say anything for the global athletes beyond ski cross, but those that are committed to sports excellence and championships and leadership is there one thing that uh, just thinking about it now india that you could challenge our listeners to do or or become more aware of with respect to collaboration and and your world your experience your profession um i think you know when you watch out um high athletes high performance athletes say in the olympics and that sort of thing uh you know, don't look at them and think that they're, you know, an unreachable standard. I mean, yes, there's a lot of work put into that, but um, sort of collaboration with yourself. Don't. A lot of people are inspired by high-performance athletes to be better versions of themselves and see us on, you know, on TV and don't be afraid to go push yourself physically, like get out there. Um, and bring someone with you, uh, bring a friend, you know, get out to the gym, just, yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. You're encouraging us all for our own greatness and, and challenging ourselves, even, even if it's ourselves on a road bike or cross country skis or ski cross, whatever that is, is get active and get involved and get together. Exactly, yeah. Any last words uh, before we close the interview, India Sherritt? 
I really, really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. It's been great. Well, thank you very much. You say you've got to win at any cost. No golden rule, no line you haven't crossed. Who cares if Mother Earth's in tatters? You're the only one that matters. Sorry, buddy, you've already lost. I have a dream that there's enough for everyone. And it's not about who's lost and who has won. It's so simple, it's so wise. No defeat, no compromise. It's the future, it's already begun. So find a win, 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 or walk away. Everybody wins, or find a better way. No exceptions, no excuses, no one wins if someone loses. It's a brand new game, and that's the way we play. Confrontation's a mistake that we've outgrown. I know I'm better off with you than on my own. When we change the way we start, the intention in our heart makes us more than we could ever be alone. The whole is greater than the sum of all the parts. It's a game that we've all won before it starts. So let's choose the very best together. We'll break through the yes when we lead with love and follow with our hearts. So it's a win-win-win or walk away. Everybody wins or find a better way. No exceptions, no excuses. No one wins if someone loses. It's a brand new game and that's the way we play. It's got to be for everyone. It's not for just a few. The only way that I win is if you were winning too. It's more than economics. It's not taught in any schools. This game of life is ours, and we're changing all the rules. So find the win, 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 or walk away. Everybody wins, or find a better way. No exceptions, no excuses, no one wins if someone loses. It's a brand new game, and that's the way we play. So find the win, 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 or walk away. Find the win, 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 or walk away. Find the win, 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 or walk away. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, Seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons is an international business bestseller on Amazon. 
Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Our next guest today is Dan Savage. Dan's been in the game industry, video game industry, for eight years, spending his time at Neversoft, where he worked on the Guitar Hero series. When Infinity Ward acquired Neversoft, he went on to develop Call of Duty Ghosts. During his career at both studios, the games he's developed have sold over 50 million copies worldwide. 50 million copies. Dan is currently the lead vehicle artist at Infinity Ward and lives in Woodland Hills, California. And I'm also very proud to say Dan Savage is my son. So Dan, what would you like to uh, share with our listeners today about you and the work that you do? Oh, it's a clear up a few misconceptions people might have about game design and uh, just discuss how people collaborate in a very creative field that usually takes hundreds of people over years to create uh, these one-stop video game experiences. Yeah, there's a, there's a big difference there, isn't there, where uh, oftentimes you get contacted, well, uh, I want to be a video game developer, and uh, thinking that's <laughs> my judgment... Uh, sitting in a dark room for hours a day by yourself playing games, and that's not it at all, is it? Yeah, I get that a lot, where uh, I tell people what I do, and they, depending on who the audience is that I'm talking to, they'll say, oh, that's so cool, and they'll start talking about video games, or they'll kind of roll their eyes and say, oh, you're one of these guys that sits in a dark room in a cubicle, eating Doritos, drinking Red Bull, and playing video games, and that's how you make video games. And uh, I just want to kind of clear up that misconception is that's not game development. Yeah, you have to test a video game for sure to make sure it actually functions and squash bugs. But when I make video games, and majority of the developers were not uh, working with a controller in our hand, sit it on uh, Red Bull. Yeah, it's a lot more uh, it, collaborative and creative than that. It takes a lot more than just holding on to a controller. So, so each of us works in different uh, small teams, larger teams, bigger teams. You know, can you what can you describe as to uh, what your work environment at Infinity Ward looks like in, in those ever-expanding circles? Uh, well, right now, probably around 250 people. So that's a, a large ship to steer. And you break things down in different departments. You have, you know, character department, weapon department, field department, just for art. And you have environment arts for single player or multiplayer. You have programmers, you have designers, you have effects guys making sparks fly, you have lighters, uh, scripters, riggers, animators, 
uh, sound designers. You have everything from the QA guy who actually does play the game to squash bugs to the chief creative officer who's really trying to steer this huge ship and uh, ship with how many people. You know, it moves kind of slow, but you got to make sure every cog in the machine is just spinning at the right order to make sure you're actually moving forward and making a creative uh, content. It's pretty tricky. So, so as a lead, how do you collaborate? How do you get stuff done? Well, it's been an interesting transition from going from a uh, senior artist to a lead artist. As a senior artist, I would uh, create content all day long. I've worked in one of like a dozen programs that are either proprietary in-house programs or professional uh, commercial programs like Adobe and Autodesk. Uh, as a lead, uh, let's just say I spent a lot less time creating content and more time sitting in meetings, uh, working through uh, programs to track assets, emailing and messaging constantly. I'd you know, go through easily four or 500 emails a day. Um, some are very important to figure out okay, what, what's next asset, how big is it, uh, who's going to work on it, when's going to get done by, who needs to implement the asset in game, it's got to be uh, big, small, you got to fly, is it static, so on and so forth. So it's nonstop, right around, collaborating, talking to people, and just keeping that communication open. What, what, uh, tell me, Dan, what's one thing that actually uh, hurts collaboration when, when the impact that you want to have, the progress that you want to make on a game, uh, something that people tend to do that uh, isn't useful? Too many cooks in the kitchen, for sure. It, uh, it's nice to try and have a democracy when it's not video games, but what comes down to it, it's very often just have way too many cooks in the kitchen. I've had experiences as a non-lead. I'm sitting there working on an asset, and I have four art directors hovering over my shoulder, all trying to uh, get their requests for this asset that they're each using in unique ways on their own levels. And it's just really not collaborative. It really hurts the process and slows things down. Like what one art director may want for his level is completely contradictory to a different level. So it's a lot of times you really need to have um, a hierarchy structure that works top down and uh, there has to be someone that the buck stops with. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking also, uh, I know that you're very committed, dedicated, and you're always looking for ways to, to lead better and more effectively. In the next few years, what are you working on to develop your collaborative leadership, Dan? Uh, luckily, the uh, studio I work for really does invest in us, and it's a great place to work. Um, we do have uh, training for leads and non-leads alike. But I've uh, gone through a few uh, training programs just for like, adaptive leadership and trying to become the best that you can and realizing that how you treat one employee is completely different how you treat this one based on their skills and their experiences and just how excited they are. So I'm kind of right now just going through as much uh, content as I can to become a better lead, learn how to collaborate, and instead of telling someone to fuck off when they come in and talk to me, it, you know, sit down like, all right, how, how can we solve this problem uh, creatively and get the best out of uh, what we want for this game. Yeah, that was a challenge. Now, you often get uh, asked by uh, people that want to become video game developers or parents that are reaching out to you to, to talk to their schools or talk to their kids. Uh, what are a couple of things that you want to do to help foster their interest but make it useful? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, it's really important just because someone enjoys playing video games that might not make the best video game developer. Uh, I would point to anyone who's interested in video game development 
there's lots of free programs out there. Uh, Autodesk and Adobe have free student programs. And then the Unreal Engine and Unity Engine are now free to use. So if someone is interested in making video games, they can start making uh, maps of the fair video games. They can start making their own small games or big games and just kind of get into the content there. There are a lot of tutorials online where maybe someone who makes, wants to make video games has more fun programming. They can get that experience. Maybe they want to do the art side of things. Uh, so there's tons of content out there, a lot of documentation to really start things going. Um, so definitely challenge them to, you know, just look up online, Unreal Engine, uh, Unity, and then look into, you know, Adobe products and Autodesk products, because that's how you're going to get your foot in the door, really get the juices flowing. Yeah, well, thank you for that, Dan. And I know one of the things that uh, has been successful for you isn't necessarily your uh, digital art. It, it's your leadership. It's uh, being team captain and an assistant captain on many sports, uh, your worldview, uh, and your ability to actually bring people together uh, so that it's not a, a me leadership. So as we close, uh, I wanted to acknowledge you on that, Dan, and I uh, think the world of you, love you. And I want you to, uh, in this moment, What's one thing that you wish to challenge our listeners to do or become more aware of to build their collaborative success? Well, I'd definitely challenge them to uh, look inside their own home. A lot of these uh, your listeners, I'm sure, have children who play video games. And instead of looking at it with a uh, negative connotation that, oh, my son or daughter is kind of wasting their time and melting their brain, this could be a creative um, time to collaborate together with your children. What do they like playing? What challenges them? Are they talking to friends? Is this just a hobby? Is it something more? Um, find out like what what intrigues them, like say the arts of your game. Maybe art class now can kind of cater towards video games. Say like the programming. Well, there's lots of uh, programming classes for even summer camps now. It's all things that I uh, that challenge listeners just kind of start talking to kids about video games and seeing how they can work together, um, children and parents, to really kind of see how uh, get the creative juices flowing. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dan Savage, Woodland Hills, California, Infinity Ward. Thanks again, Dan. Thank you. Well, so far, so great with the uh, wisdom and youth and leadership of India Sherritt, my son, Dan Savage, who I'm so proud of, and starting off the show with Kevin Brown from Madrid. I want to express my profound appreciation for all 45 guests on my broadcast during this 15-week series. Go to davidbsavage.com for the lists and the download links, including iTunes, for the whole series. My friend from Calgary, uh, Manal Fraser, tells me that she listens to our show in parts so she can ponder each guest's wisdom and think about how she may use those insights in her work and in her life. Many guests tell me how much they have enjoyed collaborating with us on Breakthrough to Yes. We are building a new network of collaborative leaders globally. Yeah, 30-plus nations, guests from, I believe it's six nations. We are all connected a little closer. I'd love to have a 2016 series where you're part of this. Each listener has a voice. And we have, we're only separated, I believe, by two degrees or even less. Last week, I Googled my name. David Savage, to see who's out there. I found David Savage, who is a leadership coach, trainer, teacher, and outdoorsman. Uh, He works with business people in Australia on collaborative leadership. Wow. 
my twin in the land down under. I embrace and I am very encouraged by the leaders of our next generation. Today we are focusing on three such leaders. I love and I am grateful to Chuck Rose for his gift of my theme songs, Win or Walk Away, and We Are One. Go to chuckrose.ca to listen to them and connect with Chuck. I'm a huge fan of Heather Gemmel of Cranbrook, British Columbia. She's a fantastic young musician, performer, artist, and individual that is equal to anything coming from the mass media. So let's circumvent the mass media, the mediates, the system, the process, the politicians, the social mediates. Let's seek out in your community and globally who are the next generation of artists, leaders, innovators, and connectors in your community and around the world. Like never before, we can do this now. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Our next guest is Sarah Dage. Sarah is a mediator, facilitator, and public policy consultant and former member of Canada's national cross-country ski team. Raised in Inuit, Dene, and Métis communities in the Canadian North, Sarah works with governments and not-for-profits facilitating multi-stakeholder collaborative processes. As a certified mediator with a BA in International Relations and an MA in Dispute Resolution, Sarah is dedicated to collaboration through dialogue to address natural resource conflicts at home and abroad. She is the 2013-2014 Action Canada Fellow and a member of the 2015 Governor General's Canadian Leadership Conference. So cool, Sarah. And I, will, I could just keep on talking about your accolades. You've got so many. What I will say is you're also a member, along with me and several others, of the Collaborative Global Initiative. And you're a Canadian working in the Hague, Netherlands, uh, now and for the foreseeable future. 
What else would you like to tell about yourself, Sarah, the work you do and how people can learn more about Sarah Deitch? Um, Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here on your radio show. I've been listening over the past few weeks to some really interesting interviews with um, collaborative professionals from all over. Um, I think one thing I'd like to share today is to just mention a little bit about the role that an organization I'm working with currently is called the Access Facility, and they are at www.accessfacility.org, and they focus uh, on acting as a resource to help companies and communities solve problems collaboratively together. Uh, They're a multi-stakeholder platform, and they want to increase the uptake of mediation to resolve problems and challenges that occur between companies and communities globally. So that's what I'm focused on for the time being. Fantastic, and great work, and uh, I'm envious of the work that you do, Sarah. uh, You got right into it so quickly. I found out about you through our mutual friend and, and fellow in the Collaborative Global initiative, uh, Duncan Autry. Um, Now, you and Duncan and and others, I consider the next generation leaders were a role of my, you know, my um, uh, demographics. Uh, We mostly need to support, encourage, and facilitate uh, getting you out front. What what can you share about uh, how, how our next generation, how your generation can better do that through collaboration? Well, I think one thing that's been really important to me in in developing my career and my skills in collaboration and mediation is to really look to the people who've been out in the field doing this work for decades. So that was one big draw for me to join the collaborative global initiative with yourself, with Kathy Porter. Uh, These are people who've been working on multi-stakeholder process, bringing different parties together to solve problems for many years. So it's very useful for the younger generation, for Duncan and myself, to be exposed to this and to learn from their skills. Um, I've had a couple of other great mediation mentors through Mediate BC in British Columbia, the small claims civil dispute resolution through the court system. I had a great mentorship there through Ben Ziegler, and I also had the opportunity through an American conflict resolution organization called Resolve to have some really good mentorship. Uh, Kate Kapischke is another mediator I worked with who has been solving natural resource disputes in different Uh, far-flung regions of the world for, you know, for years. So it's so useful and valuable for me to have the chance to, um, to collaborate professionally and personally with people from our own generation, but also the previous generation. And hopefully together we can, you know, create a more sustainable outcomes for the generation to follow us. Yeah, these are uh, tremendous skills that you teach. You uh, walk the talk, Sarah. Now, our listeners will probably be interested in, um, you're the first one on my program with uh, Métis, Dene, and Inuit uh, community background. Any comments about that? Is there something that is different, or, or is this really the same work wherever you work? Well, I think for me, I learned a lot from growing up in those cultures. My own parents immigrated to Canada, and they... They settled in the far north in Baffin Island originally and then later in Fort Smith, Northwest Territories. So I grew up around Indigenous cultures 
And I think what I learned from being around the Inuit was the importance of um, a flat hierarchy. Like, clearly, uh, your generation and your age matters in terms of your status and your role. But in order to be kind of socially accepted, it's important to make yourself equal with the people around you. So oftentimes it's done through humor, through self-deprecation. And I think some of those lessons of um, inclusion and making yourself equal to the people around you have really stuck with me. And I I feel very uh, grateful to the communities where I grew up for teaching me some of these good lessons and also um, just teaching me more how to communicate and be comfortable across different cultures. Thanks, Sarah. Now, as we close, in this moment, what is one thing that you challenge our listeners to do or become more aware of to make their collaborations more successful? I think collaboration rests on if you're going to open the door to have a dialogue with different people about what kind of future you want to create or what kind of problem you want to resolve, it's really important to have people in the room or at the at the discussion table who are affected by the decision. So a um, good example I can think of is uh, I worked on a project in my home region in the Northwest Territories about what how the revenues from diamond mining would be managed. And we had a dialogue that brought together parties from government, from indigenous organizations, from NGOs, different levels of government. And what they said to us was, well, we never get together and talk about these things. Hmm. And that was eye-opening because they're all working together in a relatively small community on a similar topic. But just this being in the same room, um, it opens all sorts of other possibilities and solutions. So it's important to get all the parties who are going to be affected by a decision at the table to explore what solutions can look like. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Dave. It's been a pleasure. Today we've had Kevin Brown, World Mediation, Madrid, Spain, Dan Savage, Infinity Ward, Los Angeles, California, India Sherritt, World Junior Ski Cross Champion, Cranbrook, British Columbia, Sarah Deitch, Collaborative Global Initiative, The Hague, The Netherlands, and Music, Winner Walk Away by Chuck Rose. Highlights and challenges, well, we've got so much insight out of these 15 episodes, and I will find a way to share this. I'll, I'm going to publish an audio series, an audio or a book, ebook on the uh, all of the 15 podcasts. It'll be called uh, Breakthrough to Yes, the Podcast Plus. Key messages from today's episode, and this will be the final in this series, are one, you have to make certain that every cog in the machine is working well together to move forward. Two, get involved in collaborative initiatives and teams across generations that build skills, understanding, and opportunities. Learn from the next generation. Mentor the next generation. Three, It takes a village to raise leaders. Be there in support of our next generations of leaders. Next generations and our shared future need you. Like my 24-year-old father on D-Day, I salute the next generation of leaders. This series is for you. This series is also for my children, Alyssa, Heather, Dan, Claire, and Patrick, and their partners, Steve, 
Ty, Nicole, Jamie, and for you, my grandchildren, Quinn, Sarah, Bailey, and Charlie, and to our next generations of great leaders working together, over to you. My call to action and my final call in this series is, please lead from love. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in this week to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Your host, David B. Savage, invites you to join us again for another engaging episode next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a breakthrough week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.